All right, what's up, my brothers? We're on an episode of Playing to Win with John Sanmez. How you doing, John? I'm doing good. How are you, Richard? Yeah, Bulldog Mindset, man. I've um, you know I've watched your channel for a bit now. Uh, we connected uh, several months ago. In fact, I think we did a, a broadcast on your channel, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. That's right. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've talked. I mean, we've chatted back and forth by text. I think it's interesting that. Um, watching the development and the movement of you with you know like the red pilling the shifting from programming because when i first heard about your channel you were really broadcasting about programming ideas right yeah yeah i was a software developer for like 15 years and i started out i still have a company called simple programmer and and that was actually what the the channel name was originally and then i shifted it over to uh, to bulldog mindset and why did you shift over? Like, was it you're just kind of bored or done with that business? You you had it set up right? Like, what was the movement for? Yeah, so, I mean, part of it was really just what my interest was. So, I still have Simple Programmer. In fact, it has its own YouTube channel now. I, I started that one as a new YouTube channel. And the company's still running and it still does well. And, and that company really was focused around the idea of teaching soft skills to software developers. So communication, career development, stuff like that. And what I found was that as I was getting more interested in the red pill type of content and personal development for men in, in general and, and masculinity, that I was doing a lot of content for simple programmer that was geared towards that. And, and part of the reason also was because working in the tech industry with a lot of software developers and, and tech type of of guys, they were constantly asking me questions. I get emails, all these sob stories about, you know, women's issues. Cause that was their biggest issue, honestly. Like it, it's kind of funny, but yeah. you know, they, they just don't know how to deal with, with it. And so I was doing a lot of advice on the channel, focus on that. And I was like, okay, let me just, w let me just start over and focus on, on something that is more of what I'm interested in right now. And then I sort of turned over simple programmer to my, at the time, my business partner and he was running it and, and I just focused on bulldog mindset. Cause that was, like I said, you know, what I was interested in. And I also saw just this huge crisis in masculinity that, that we have today where men don't know how to be men today. And I felt like, okay, that's something that I really sincerely want to help with and, and felt like I could. So that, that kind of was a lot of the reason for shifting. Yeah, here I'm. I'm just pulling up your website here because I want to show these guys this picture. This is like, oh, yeah. how old were you here? <laughs> this was uh, 2012. Yeah, yeah, 2012. Yeah. So. And there was another one here with something balancing on your head. Yeah. Um, you're a bit of a. I mean, you're just kind of like the geeky programmer dude there, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And. Yep. This is you, the hunk of hunk of burning love right now. Um, looks like you've shared the stage with a few other people, too. I know you've met um, a few guys that we have mutual friendships with as well, too. Um, like, you went through a pretty dramatic transformation. Like, to go to this guy from this guy is pretty huge. And a lot of dudes are, I mean, I see this crisis, like you said, like there's a crisis in masculinity. I'm just going to throw up this banner here for the channel sponsor. I can't forget about uh, Scott at Grande. Um, you know, I see the same crisis in masculinity that you see where it's like guys just quit and it's almost like they're either afraid to do the work or they don't want to do the work or the, or they feel like the juice is not worth the squeeze or they're following some other mantra that might send them their own way, so to speak. I mean, every single guy that 
not every single guy, but almost everybody that I know today came from nothing. They came from a zero to a hero. You know, I always tell guys that, you know, as a man, you must create your value, whereas as a woman, you must preserve your, your value. Like for women, it's right. their femininity and their beauty that they must preserve, which is why men don't want to be with a woman with a huge not count, notch count. But women at the same time, they don't want to be with a guy that's incompetent. They want to know that he's got competency skills. And you needed to demonstrate that for yourself beyond just being able to program. So talk about that shift between, you know, the goofy guy with the wrapping paper on his head or the, yeah. you know, sitting on the floor with the, with the bad haircut to who you are today. Yeah. So it's, it, it didn't happen overnight, right? It, it came in stages, right? There was a, a stage where, and, and a lot of it came just from some self-reflection of looking in the mirror and really taking an honest assessment of myself because, you know, we tell these stories about how awesome we are and we make excuses for ourselves and we have all of these justifications as, as to why we are who we are. But in our minds, we always think we're the best, right? But when you like take a look in the mirror and that's what I did one day is I, I looked in the mirror, both both physically and and you know, spiritually, mentally, and, and stripped down and said, okay, this is the reality, John, like this is your, you think that you're good with women, but you're not, you're, you're chicken shit. Okay. You're, you have a lot of fear. You're lazy, you're fat, right? Like all of these things. Yeah. Maybe you've had some financial success as a programmer, but you're not an entrepreneur. You're none of these things. Mm -hmm. And when I, you know, examine that closely, I realized that, okay, you know what? It's not just going to happen. You know, I have this saying that everyone thinks they're going to be a rock star someday. It's not magically going to happen in, in, in my life. And that was really the thing that gave me that in, uh, that idea that I needed to change. I needed to do something. And so I started getting into personal development, reading a lot of personal development books, things like Tony Robbins, went to a Tony Robbins seminar. And, you know, some of this stuff happened before that, but I, I got I, I started really focusing on what did I want to change about myself and and what is the actual reality and, and not necessarily beating myself up, but just confronting myself with the truth every day to say, OK, you know, I had this vision in my head. I, I started to think about, like, who did I want to become and, and not someone else, but like I, I would envision the me that I wanted to become myself, like how would I walk? How would I talk? And to some degree, what I started doing was I started to pretend like I was already that person. I started to act as if I was already that person and playing that role. Like I was just an actor playing that role. And eventually I started to become that person. Like you, you become what you, what you, what you play. Right. And, you know, and, and, and that was sort of the beginning of the, of the changes. And that involved me going to the gym, you know, lifting, getting on a diet, uh, do, doing a lot more work, you know, not being lazy, overcoming my fears, right? Overcoming so many fears that I had. And then, you know, one, one of the things that really was a big breaking point for me in, in transition was I remember, you know, thinking about one day about how I'd see these other men, like I was around maybe 33 at the time. And I would think to myself, like, I'm an adult boy I, like I, like i see these other men and and i don't know what makes them a man but i don't feel like a man mm -hmm. and and so I, I i started to really explore that right i read a lot of books like you know jack donovan's way way of men and david data's way of the superior man and i went through all of you know iron john every single man masculinity book that, that i could find and i started really trying to figure out what what was it and you know through that and 
and, and through, you know, really just applying myself and, and, and figuring out that what, what really made a man was having a purpose and going after that purpose, no matter what, uh, that's, that's really what caused that, that transformation. Cause I, I really you, believe that. Oh, go did ahead. you, um, find that like stuff like way of the superior man, um, was more of like an entry point into the red pill for you because a lot of it's kind of not a lot of it but i mean like a good chunk of it's kind of woo woo you know mm -hmm. um yeah it is, same yeah. thing with iron john like it's a lot of storytelling as well but it doesn't really get into the underlying dynamics between attraction you know between the sexes right like that's kind of a it's like an advanced level sort of thing right like was that the transition into it was it a segue like how did you get into the more deeper stuff because i mean i've seen you put out some some pretty intense videos lately on the sexual marketplace that are pretty red pilled. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, you know, early on, right. Like earlier in my life, I had gotten involved with in the pickup community, like when, when it was really on the, on the message boards, but I didn't really quite. Ah, you're a cold it. approach PUA. I knew it. You're a PUA. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I feel like every guy has to learn that skill set, though. It's, it's critical. No, you like, got to have the, that, yeah, you yeah. got to have like the gumption to walk up to a pretty girl and yeah. say, Hey, you know, what are you reading there sort of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and most guys don't have that. Uh, like, that's probably the greatest fear of most men is to actually. Rejection. Yeah. Rejection's huge. And so I, I was I was sort of involved in that. I, but I didn't really understand the psychology behind it very much. Mm. And I didn't really have very much success, to be honest, initially. And then actually one of the one of the books I read was Rollo Tomasi's uh, the, uh, Rational Male. Mm -hmm. And that kind of really made a lot of things click for me yeah, me too. that because it was some harsh truths and i was like okay i was like I, i'm not i'm not sure if i if i completely buy a hundred percent i i i i don't want to i want to read this i don't want to become jaded like that was kind mm -hmm. of like what's going through my head is i was like okay you know i have to objectively absorb this information it's not personal there's no malice here this is just how it is and again like having gone through that whole mirror exercise, I was like, okay, I want to see reality clearly. This is the truth of the situation. And that really shifted a lot of my thinking. And then that caused me to look at the world through that lens. So that was really a, a lot of it. And then, and then a lot of it started to come as guys were asking me for advice. And, you know, I was getting so many emails and I was trying to answer these questions. And, and in order to do that, I had to sort of figure this shit out myself. Right. So I had to kind of you know, go and, and see and, and explore. And as I'm coaching guys and, and figuring this stuff out, I'm starting to get more of the truth and truth of it from, from the actual experience. And, and really, I, I think one of the best ways to gain experience bit, rather than your own experience is when you're helping other people, because you mm. see so many more problems. And I saw this even as a software developer. One of the reasons why I became really good was because I was always helping other people going over to their desk, helping them with problems. And it's the same thing here is it's like, I keep getting exposed to so many, so many scenarios that I wouldn't have experienced in my own life mm. that I'm able to gain that experience. And so that really got me uh, to, to help, I feel, to have a deeper understanding of, of the whole red pill and, and mm. exactly what we're dealing with. Let me ask you this question, because I noticed in a video the other day, you, you put something out that said that, you know, you make 29 grand on YouTube and about 17,000 of it was from coaching. So, I mean, you obviously coach a lot of guys too. So, um, what, what sort of common recurring theme do you see when you're talking to guys in your coaching sessions? Cause it seems, I mean, from my experience anyway, you know, I've been on clarity for a long time and I know you've, you're friends with Dan cause I saw you put, put some stuff up on uh, oh, yeah. social when you guys got together. But, um, I don't know, I've done close to like 400 odd calls and I've done calls outside of that on my own platforms as well. And it seems like about two thirds of the conversations I have are either around chasing tail, mm. getting tail back getting divorced without getting, you know, run through the divorce machine too badly. 
Um, and then the other third of it's like around business and the manufacturing of, you know, recurring revenue subscription startups and stuff like that. Like what's your experience with coaching been with guys like mostly, is it still about chasing tail for you too, or, you know, I, I tend to find, so the way that I do the coaching is I do $1,500 a month for one Skype call, an hour Skype call a month. So mm. I think because I have it set up that way, more of my coaching clients are focused on business because they want to be able to make that $1,500 back. So mm -hmm. I'd say probably 70 to 80% of what I'm doing is helping guys to start a business and to invest in real estate. And then the other 20% is around the fitness questions and the mindset productivity, and then, and then women uh, with that. And, and so, and it depends on how long someone's been coaching with me, right? Some guys, they're just interested in the business side of it. Some guys are, their whole life is fucked up and they just need somewhere to start. Mm. And the longer they're with me, I, I tend to try and attack the most prevalent problems first, right? So I try to get their their finances and, and shit straight and their productivity and their mindset. And then from there, then we can start to look at, at going after women and, and achieving those goals there. Because a, a lot of it, I, I feel like is, again, you know, this is where I'm sort of the opposite of, of the PUA type of, I want you to become a better man because then you're not faking anything. Then like, mm -hmm. if you have that inner confidence, if you know who you are, then you also, you don't get lost in the shit. Cause a lot of guys, again, you know, I would saw very much in the PUA community is they would have success with women, but they were still seeking external validation from them. And so it's like a never ending treadmill that they never get off because their source of validation, even though they're quote, getting it is women and it's never internal. So they never feel adequate. And so I feel like, you know, with the guys I coach, I try to make sure that, okay, let's get you solid as a man first, and then you're going to be able to have the success and not, not be, uh, it won't be a crutch to you anymore. Where do guys go wrong most often when it comes to being a man? Oh gosh. What, you know, one of the big ones is, is parent issues is, is what I find specifically. What well, like my, my belief is that in order to be a man, you must, you must kill your, your father metaphorically. Right. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is that you must kill his value systems and determine your own value systems and dismiss his judgment of you. Right. And so many guys are, it's, it's wired into them that they're still living under their father's rule. They're, they're still evaluating themselves in respect to their father's value systems and, and what, and his approval. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's usually the biggest starting point. And then, and then the second one that I see is, is fear of consequences, right? Not living their life instead living very, a very conservative or playing it safe. Right. So playing not to lose versus playing to win. Right. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see that shift in the coming years. Cause I mean, you're talking about guys having to kill off their, um, beliefs or the preconceived notions and serving their father's agenda. And, um, I mean, I had a dad growing up, growing up in my house. He wasn't very alpha, but I mean, you know, he was still head of the household. There was always struggle there, but you know, it's, I think the stat was something like 43% of households in North America now are, um, single parent households and they don't say single mothers, but, um, women get custody like 85% of the time still. So let's just assume it's single mothers. So I think we're going to see that, that, that shift towards more men or boys turning into feminized men as they get older. I'm already yeah. seeing it now. Like I talk to a lot of guys who are like, 
um, you know, see a comment like this is all finally clicking. You're like the father I never had. You know, I was raised in a feminist mother's uh, household with no father. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you, blah, blah, blah sort of thing. And it's like, I think that's just going to keep getting worse. I think it's a, like a serious uh, shift in a different direction as we kind of progress forward. What do you think about that? Like, what's your take on this whole movement of feminism to like this more supremacy type of movement where it's like this toxic version that's hostile towards everybody including themselves actually i mean i see feminism today as anti-femininity it's not even pro-femininity it's like right. anti-femininity well yeah I, I really see feminism as as women trying to become men like and basically terrible versions of men in fact yeah right? they're lifting up masculine traits and completely destroying feminine traits which are important feminine traits are extremely important uh, to to society and to to families and to household and 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 we're losing that and we're losing that and and in in addition men are becoming weaker right they're becoming more on the feminine side and and it's all because of this and and this just this whole you know the it, it basically it comes to a battle between egalitarian views and hierarchical right men are hierarchical women are egalitarian and the the problem with having an egalitarian society is that well you see it with social justice warriors right mm. I, I i had the nice experience of being quote canceled yeah uh, my yeah. alter ego yeah talk <laughs> about that cancellation because i mean you said something on twitter that offended a bunch of people and you got got your programs kicked off a, a platform by the social justice warriors right yeah yeah so i basically like the the short story is that I don't even really go on Twitter, but one of my friends had messaged me on Facebook and he's like, oh, this, this girl, Amy, who had been on one of my podcasts and is on one of my friend's podcasts in the programming community, he's like, she's being attacked by, by social justice warriors. Again, they're basically trying to destroy her career. And, and she, they've done this to multiple people. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'll jump on there and see what's going on. And sure enough, that's what was happening. So I was like, eh, what do I got to lose? Like I'm, I'm independently wealthy. I don't have a job. They can't fire me. So I'll just fucking fire back at them and try and piss them all off. So I started just firing comments to draw the fire to me. And mm -hmm. I did, I drew the fire to me and I didn't anticipate the, the crazy backlash. So what they actually did. The outrage Bob. Oh yeah, it was insane. It was insane. I had the gall like what it really came down to that got screenshotted and, and tweeted all over the place was there was a, a black woman who I had said something in she had told me to shut my mouth and I had responded by saying something about because she shared some story and I was like yeah you should you should have kept quiet we should all keep quiet and be happy where we are and and shut your mouth right and. Then you know, and then this uh, this other white woman in tech who had a pretty good platform replied back and said, "How dare you tell a woman to shut her mouth?" Right. Mm -hmm. So my response to that was, "Shut your mouth!" Right. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and and I thought it was kind of ironic because I'm like, wait a minute, like why does it matter if you're a woman? Like why does it matter if I tell a woman to shut her? Like I'm telling, I'm calling guys pussies. I'm saying all this shit, but I can't tell a woman to shut her mouth. Like no. you know, I'm it's I'm I'm <laughs> I'm as 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 least sexist as as you can be in that regard uh, equal opportunity i will uh i will slam you so anyway that got screenshotted and and tweeted as i'm a sexist racist now and then pretty soon they started going after one of the companies that i published a bunch of courses with plural site mm -hmm. and plural site cowered to the mob and they took down my courses mm -hmm. right and then they went to my book publisher and had my book unpublished from the book publisher wow 
yeah, so it was it was pretty crazy. It cost what me did that probably cost you in monthly revenue. Uh, probably overall, it'd be a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of of, yeah. of revenue. Now yeah, it's the, funny because because I've seen the outrage mob come at me a few times, and I I mean, you got to be anti fragile if you're going to go out there and and oh, yeah. say those things. And I mean, I've said things that offended um, well feminists. Um, I've said things that have offended. Uh, single moms and most recently i don't know if you saw that press piece with that news reporter that had her bum smacked by the marathon runner oh no no i didn't see that yeah oh you didn't see that oh dude i gotta show this to you because this is because this is off the chart hilarious um okay. i'll pull it up while i'm telling you the story but um yeah like the anti-fragility component of broadcasting yourself on social like guys like us put ourselves out there uh people people have no idea i mean I get why there's a lot of content creators on YouTube that don't show their face mm. um, and they use avatars or memes or fake names or they'll even make up pen names and show their face. I mean, there's a lot of people even in the manosphere that broadcast. I'm one of the few people that actually use my real name. Um, let me find. Okay, so here it is. Let me see if I can pull that up on the screen. You got to see this. This is crazy. Uh, here it is. So this so this girl here is a news reporter. I don't know if you can see the screen here, but this girl okay, here yeah. is a news reporter. And she said that she had her power stolen from her because this jogger ran by her and smacked her bum. Um, this is her Instagram feed. So these are some pictures that people sent me. I'm not, I'm not sure that she's had her power stolen from her, right? Like, yeah. You know, like, let's get real here. Um, the, you know, the world that we live in today is, it's just gotten to the point where you, like, like if you say or do anything that sh that 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 shines even a slightly unfavorable light on a demographic like women, because toxic feminism, in my estimation, teaches them to be victims, mm -hmm. and they just can't be happy. I mean, one of the things that Dr. Sean Smith said. I don't know if you've read his book, The Tactical Guide to Women. Have you read it? No, I haven't read that yet. Yeah, no, it's I'm a good book. I, you know, I have um, I have Sean on every um, other Monday night. We got uh, okay. Dr. Robert Glover coming on on June 6th with us. But um, one of the things he noticed when he put out a video on feminism is uh, feminists can't be happy. I mean, you can't date yeah. a feminist just because they can't be happy because it relies on them being victims. They have to have that victim mindset versus your bulldog mindset, you know, sort of thing. So that narrative gets pushed out there pretty far, right? And oh, yeah. it's difficult for guys to deal with. I mean, we see a lot of guys that just unchecked from the sexual marketplace and they go their own way. I mean, mm -hmm. you've had them, you know, we were talking before we went live you know, I know you were on with uh, TFM recently as well, but I mean, like you've had some interactions with these MGTOW guys. What's what's that experience been like? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, part of it is it, it's kind of funny. The YouTube algorithm, like the the kind of bullshit social justice stuff on on YouTube, is actually somewhat benefiting me. So if you search for MGTOW on YouTube, mm. my videos are the top five videos for MGTOW. Really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can check it in like an incognito window. It's it's kind of insane. So, uh, you know, and, and my videos so are... So that'll bring are, a lot of negative attention your way. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and MGTOW is angry, is MGTOW weak. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they'll come after you for that, won't they? Yeah, yeah, they definitely, I'm like their number one target, so... I thought I was, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, well, <laughs> we could share that spotlight. Right. It's, it's, it's not fun. But, um, you know, the thing is like, is... The biggest problem I have with MGTOW 
is the victim mindset. That's mm. it, right? That's the one thing, like, if if I had to say what is the whole purpose of Bulldog Mindset in my channel, it's to get rid of the victim mindset. Like, that's, I'm yeah. totally against the victim mindset. And while I agree with a lot of the stuff that they, their grievances, right? Like, I mean, as far as, if I go down the line of the stuff that MGTOW says, it's it's very much what we say, red pill, like, it's these are just realities of the situation, right? Unfair court systems, you know, the way that women behave, like the female nature, all these things. The difference is, like, I look at these things and I say, okay, that's what the situation is. So as an intelligent man, I will navigate these waters using this map that I have. I'm not angry at the map. I'm not angry at the world. I'm not angry at women. I, I just, I know I, ha I have a, a map that shows me where there's booby traps and I'm going to use the damn map, right? And so my problem with them is that they're angry at the world. They're angry at women. They're, they're angry at other guys, like, you know, calling guys cucks and simps. I get so many fucking comments mm -hmm. like and emails from them. It's like, guys, guys, come on, like, masculine men do not are, are, are able to control their emotions. Like right? if, yeah. if you're going to be a man going your own way, like one of the greatest attributes you can have as a man, what makes you a man is emotional mastery to a large degree. And so I can't get behind this. I can't get And the problem is like all these guys, the reason why I'm against it is, is again, like MGTOW in its purest form as a philosophy, it makes sense go your own way, focus on excellence, like you say, improve yourself, right? Don't worry about women, don't make them the center of your life. I agree with all that stuff. So in theory, it's good. But what ends up happening is it becomes this huge group think and all these guys, when you actually see MGTOW communities, it's not a philosophy, it's, it's, a, it's a society. And the philosophy that they're actually adopting in that society is victim mindset, it's destructive. And these guys end up either becoming losers or staying losers because they they never actually go down the path of real personal development. It's so much easier to just talk about how fucked up things are and and their hate for women and hate for other guys that they never actually accomplish things, right? And and that's mm. my my big grievance. I, I I mean, to be honest with you, like I feel bad for the guys. Like I I went in there, I spent like two hours on TFM's Discord last night just trying to help these guys. And because I do honestly it started want to with them. like, let's make some money. We'll talk about real estate, you know, how to make some recurring revenue. Like, is that what you kind of started it with? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was exactly what I started in, in, in the chat. And then, and then I branched into the idea like, Hey, you know, the, the idea of, well, and, and of course they were completely resistant to, you know, some ridiculousness there of the idea of like leverage is bad. Like all leverage is bad. All debt is bad. And I'm like, man, guys, like, you know, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but you know, I'm a multi-millionaire. I've made millions of dollars in, in multiple different ways. Real estate is one of them. And I'm telling you, like, it's, it's not like it's just like my opinion. I'm telling you as a successful man, how to actually have financial success to help you guys. I'm not selling you shit. I'm just telling you, mm -hmm. right. And, and they're completely, uh, you know, dismissing those ideas. And then I transitioned into talking about just the idea of like, Hey, you know, do you guys really want to fuck sex dolls? Like, is that, I mean, do you desire something else? If so, like, you know, if, if that's fine, if that's all that you desire in life and you're going, you know, and you're honestly, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But you, most of these guys aren't being honest. That's not what they really want. Right. Well, I don't think people are being honest when you talk about a different idea or a different set of ideas that aren't aligned with their belief system. They come and shit on your story. 
Yeah. Right. It's like you're not like you're sitting in the cheap seats over there, you know, saying what it is you want to say, pointing and sputter at me while I'm down on the arena doing the work, getting the results. Right. And yeah. that goes for anybody. Like, I, oh, like, yeah. like I tell feminists the exact same thing. Right. Like anybody that's playing that victim mindset, I got no time for you, dude. You're not part of my tribe. You're in the other lane. Stay in your lane. And that's it. But they never do, man. Like they always show up in your yep. feed. They always show up in your social media. They always show up in your your comments. Um, it is what it is, though. Um, I want to talk about money and real estate because I think that's where you really got started, right? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 primarily that that was my basic way to retire from the rat race. When did you do that? At what age? Uh, Thirty three is when I officially quit my job and had enough passive income to not have to work. Cool. All right. So what was that? Was that, was that rental properties? Was it rehabs like lipstick and makeup flip and sell? Like, what did you do? Uh, pretty much rental properties. I do mostly just buy and hold. So mm. I, I bought my first property when I was 19 and I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I just didn't want to pay rent. Mm. You know, I got some education about real estate later on, but, but basically what I started doing was buying a property every year, which anyone can pretty much do and bought 30 or fixed mortgages on those properties and just just held them and rented them out and accumulate you know you, you make money in real estate basically four ways right one is cash flow which most people know you you rent if your rent is higher than the mortgage and all the expenses you make money from the principal pay down that you're paying down on the mortgage every month you're making a principal payment you make money from depreciation which is the tax benefit that you get at least i'm not sure how it works in canada but in the us you can depreciate the asset over 27 and a half years and so it goes uh, and goes onto your taxes mm -hmm. and then the third way which is the most important way is through leverage appreciation right mm -hmm. so the property goes up in value and the simplest way i can explain it is this if i buy a property for a hundred thousand dollars and I put 20% down on that property. So the bank provides the other 80%. If it appreciates 3% in one year, I don't make a 3% return on my $20,000. I make a 15% because my return is leveraged by a 5X lever. And that is the secret to becoming wealthy through real estate investment is that you're able to do that and you can't do that with any other asset class. And, you know, when I say a 3% appreciation, that's a pretty, you know, that's below what the historical average has been like over the last 50 years, it's been about 3.7%. So, yeah, so that's, that's basically what I did was I just invested and I worked my ass off at my regular job. And I started, you know, in the last few years, probably when I was like 29 or so, I started my business started simple programmer and started making Pluralsight courses and using that to accelerate my real estate investments. And I got to the point where I had enough cash flow that I could, I could quit the job. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. And then like, what was the appeal to YouTube? You just wanted to broadcast yourself. You wanted to keep yourself busy or that's, yeah, that's a good question. So I started doing when I was working on simple programmer, I was trying to be everywhere. That was kind of my strategy was if you, looked for software development, soft skills advice. I wanted you to find me whether whatever medium that you searched mm -hmm. so that, cause I feel like that's a great way to build a brand. It's like to be, to be the guy right mm -hmm. in that particular space. So one of the places I wasn't was YouTube. So I started doing just a weekly YouTube video and the channel started growing. So I said, and I actually enjoyed it. I, I felt like being on, I feel like being on video 
it creates a different effect. Cause I had a podcast, I had a blog, but when you're a video, like people will walk when you're walking down the street, I'm sure you've probably had this experience because your channel is big enough that like people recognize you and they're like, Hey man, I, you know, you're like a celebrity. And so that is actually way powerful for building a brand because it creates that celebrity effect more than just a podcast or a blog. And so as far as like building a business and having a successful brand and converting that audience, I think YouTube is, is probably the most effective platform. What do you think of YouTube these days? I mean, you've got roughly the same amount of subscribers as I do, but I mean, you have the same problem that I do. It looks like your reach is, is even less than mine right now though, right? Yeah. Like, what do you think's happening? Like, what do you see the direction of YouTube right now? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's hard to say. I, I think I, I think part of it is 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 a good thing, right? In in the sense that the reason why we don't have as much reach as some channels do is because we're very polarizing with uh, with our content, which is good because the people that subscribe and watch your videos and subscribe and watch my videos, they are true fans. They're you know. And, and I think, you know, the greatest example of being polarizing is is in recent time is Trump, right? It's like you, you either love him or hate him. You don't mm -hmm. you don't really have a neutral stance on the dude. And, you know, again, it doesn't matter if you love her, love him or hate him. You can still appreciate the fact that he's extremely polarizing and that that has worked for him. So I guess what I'm saying is that, yeah, there's a bunch of shit happening with YouTube. I know that the algorithm is obviously skewed. I mean, look at my my videos that are anti MGTOW showing up as the first search terms on MGTOW. That's it's kind of ironic and and kind of messed up and in a way for the MGTOW guys as much as I dislike them. But uh, but the my my big point is is that we are reaching the people that really care about what we're what we're we're saying, right? And yeah. And, and I you think know the difficulty yeah. is though is I mean there's like other guys that would be interested in it, mm -hmm. but you're not getting the recommendations that used to happen before. Like I remember, yeah. um, I could upload something and get a hundred thousand views within about a week, week and a half sometimes. But now it's 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 like there's this uh, shift, and most people don't understand. It's like most of the time when you're broadcasting, most of your views are coming from unsubscribed viewers. And then I saw a pivot like in the last three to four months where it switched over and most of the views were coming from subscribed viewers, which means they're yeah. not recommending you to new to new people anymore. And I mean, there's some people that have said that it's because of the election cycle and, you know, because you're pro masculinity, you know, the content that you create. Um, you're not going to get shown as much, but it's like that up and down thing. Like a lot of people are always like, well, how do you get in YouTube and how do you do this? And it's like, dude, just make a video and upload. And, and if yeah. it's interesting, if it's useful, if people get value out of it, if there's some entertainment value in it or, or, or something, um, you know, that it can go from there, but it's a, it's a different and it's a difficult plot platform today, especially for guys like us. I mean, I have to be a lot more aware about what I say, how I say it. I mean, it's part of the reason why I put a lot of the conversations that I would normally have here behind a paywall in my community yep. or somewhere else just simply because you can't have them publicly anymore. It's not like they're any different, you know, it's not like locker room chat, like Trump would grab her by whatever. But um, I mean, you're having conversations about topics that matter to guys in chasing excellence, making bank, they're asking questions about the sexual marketplace and women. And it's just tough, man. Like you can't say that stuff publicly. You know, if, you know, yeah. if I was gay and I was doing hair and makeup tutorials, <laughs> exactly. I'd be on the front page. It'd be like trending right now. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, it's not much dick.
I mean, some yeah. of it is is a is a larger reflection of society in general, right? It is. We are not the popular viewpoint in society, but we're a vital viewpoint that that is critical. So, you know, I mean, I also look at it this way: it's like you can't really go around in the manosphere without hearing a, of of either of us. So, in in some sense, like you know, regardless of whether YouTube is recommending our content, we're reaching the people that we we need to reach. Uh, I, would I perform more reach and be able to reach more men and maybe convert them to our way of thinking? Sure. I, I would have, of course, but I don't know. We, we've got, there's not much we can do a, about it. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. You just yeah. Keep, keep pumping. A lot of guys are like, well, why don't you go on this platform or go, or go to BitChute or go to whatever. Yeah. It's like, you're no. never going to get to stuff, you know, discovered there. The only people that are going there are those that aren't getting, you know, traction on the regular platform. They just don't get that, that, that that's not where the new eyes are. Those are where the existing eyes are, right? Like yeah. it's a discovery platform. It's a search engine. You, you know, you have to look at it. You have to look at Google, Facebook, YouTube as search engines because you're because you're there to be found when you're telling a story about something. Yeah. Well, that's I think weird, it's also, man. yeah, I, th I think it's kind of ironic too, is just the idea that like, like, like guys like you and me who are producing this kind of content, we're actually great allies i hate to use that word but but allies to women that they don't even realize right because because we're keeping the MGTOW guys at bay who are really vile towards women and we're also masculinizing men who are giving it creates a greater selection for women and keeps those guys from becoming like a man who understands his masculinity and is a true man is not abusive is not is not one of those guys that uh, that women are afraid of, uh, like a creep, right? He, he's actually a good man, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then in addition to that, we're 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 promoting femininity, which which is is vitally important. So I don't know. It, it, I just I just think it's kind of funny that that you know we are perceived as the enemy, yet we are actually the ones that are <laughs> are, are actually helping them more than anything else. So. Uh, it is what it is, man. You just, you yeah. just do your thing. You know, that's the thing about, about this for me. And I think you're kind of in the same boat. Like you've made your money elsewhere mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah. if this shut down tomorrow and they threw yeah. you off, you'd be like, all right, so, uh, what should I be doing now? Let's, let's, you know, let's move on to the next thing sort of thing. No big deal. Um, whereas, you know, for some people, like I've seen some people been deplatform off something like Instagram and they lose their shit. They have like a complete yeah. cry, like meltdown in their car. I no longer exist in the world anymore. You don't understand how I'm no longer significant. And they're just like bawling their, it's like chill out, man. Like, well, you, you gotta be anti-fragile. It's like you said. You have to, yeah, like, yeah you have to try to get yeah. there. Right. It's just, it's, yeah. and, and you're never going to get there working for a company. No, right. you, no. You know, you're never going to get there, you know, keeping your mouth shut and treading on on eggshells. You know, a lot of guys will point and sputter at, at, at people like you and I, but it's like, get in the arena, man. Like, yeah. get on the floor and let's, let's, you know, let's get down to it, right? But most people can't even do that, right? I mean, they're, they're running their day jobs, but then they hide their face behind an avatar or something like that. And I get why they do it because that's the hostile nature of the world today, man. Yeah. Where do you think it's going to go in the next 10 years? Like, where do you see this heading? I, I actually see your the, thoughts on that. I think the pendulum swinging back the other way, right? I mean, we've already seen it with the election of, of Trump and I mean, people are fed up. They're, they're tired of, and social justice warriors are eating their own now, right? This, this is happening. Yeah. Look at JK Rowling, right? I don't know if you saw that, yeah. but she just got attacked and she was one of the big people who was attacking people with, with social justice. So it, it's, it's an un, 
it, it's an undefensible position at this point. It, it's just ridiculous. It, it has gone into full-fledged socialism, and it's and 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 basically silencing free speech. And you know, it's an outrage I, culture. You know, cancel yeah. culture, outrage culture. Like I was saying earlier, you know, yeah. that reporter with that post that I did. The re like, I didn't get to finish my thought on that, but I mean, everybody lost their shit on me. Normally. Yeah. Um, like that page has 8,000 followers on it. I don't use it very often, but it's got 8,000 followers. But that that post on Facebook reached 160,000 people oh, because of all of the uh, outrage <laughs> yeah. from, you know, the white knighting, the feminazis, yeah. you know, the toxic feminine. Like all of those people just lost their ever-loving mind over that because God forbid, um, you know, you say something about a reporter and a runner and a friendly smack that, right. You know, and it wasn't pro, it wasn't against, it was just an observation that I made that I'm not sure her power was stolen from her, judging by her social media feed on Instagram. Right, yeah. But they lost her mind. They absolutely yeah. lost her ever loving mind. And it's like we're breeding this outrage culture of continuing to, con you know, be victims. And it's, and I see it everywhere. Like I see it mm -hmm. with men, I see it with women. It's just, I don't see it getting any better. Like, I'm not sure the pendulum's swinging the other way. Like, I'm more of a enjoy the decline sort of guy, you know, yeah. by this stage. I'm a little bit older than you. How old are you? I'm 39. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just a little bit older. I mean, I'm 46. But I mean, I'm kind of at the point where it's like, okay, you know, if the pendulum swings the other way, cool. But I'm not seeing anything change in Canada. Like, we've seen Justin Justin Trudeau. Uh, he's recently been reelected. He's carrying on with his nonsense. I mean, yeah. Trump, uh, I don't know, Trump, Putin, Putin, I call him Putin, but Putin, you know, like <laughs> there's a couple of masculine guys out there still, you know, yeah. leading the world, setting different sorts of examples. And dude, like even sometimes if I say something about Trump on social media, uh, I'll lose followers. They'll be like, oh, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, this is where we part ways. I'm, you know, I'm out of here because because uh, I put up that post about, you know, the impeachment on um, yeah. Instagram. Some some guys lost. It's like what? Run along, children. The okay. real men are doing work here, right? Like, you, you know, if you can't engage in a conversation and open your ideas to like different sort of concepts, you're not yeah. ready to update your beliefs, right? It's all about outrage. So get your outrage ass the fuck out of here. Exactly. Yeah. It's. I mean, social media to some degree has to, to, to destroyed society in in many ways because a, a lot of what has happened now is that we like there's so few free thinkers right so why is it that if you say something about trump that's positive that people get outraged and they can't they can't hear it instead like why why isn't it that you know i i like trump in general but i don't agree with every single thing that he does i don't worship him in any way you know no you're but, not wearing a red maga hat 247 like some people do right right yeah but so i can objectively i say okay yeah what he did here was good but this this makes sense like you know i i like what he's done with the economy these are good things but i'm not his like loyal fan at the same time it, it's like what happened to the objective level of thinking where we everyone's in a camp now it's like mm you're either and and so it's all group thing and it's the same thing that's happened in the manosphere as well right because you, you've got like like we we're just talking about like the MGTOW guys the the biggest problem I, I had with them is they're just a fucking echo chamber it's like the same exact phrases over and over again and same apologetics and it's like and you go to the incel community it's the same thing and i fought with the black pill guys for a long time mm. uh, and i've given up on them and it's the same thing it's an echo chamber where there's no original thinkers and th it, that's that's the problem with with the world right now with social media is that we we have you know basically fallen into all these groups do you know who uh conk is 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think you're familiar with them. So, yeah. so he's got a question here on YouTube. I'm going to throw it at you. What's uh, what are your thoughts on having kids in Western civilization today? Yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. It's it's definitely a risky proposition, right? For multiple reasons. Right? Where are you at with that? Do you have any kids? Are you going to have any? Like, what are you doing? Uh, I I try to avoid any kind of personal talk uh, because I want to protect anyone who's in my life mm -hmm. uh since i yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people enough. want to attack me in different ways so yeah, i just don't yeah. talk about that but, yeah i get you but but in general i would say that it's it's um it's a dangerous choice right like i i i, I would probably advise that guys don't mm -hmm. just because i it's probably not going to be in your best interest you know i wouldn't be opposed to someone who really that's what they wanted to do but you better make sure that you have that that you know what you're getting into and that you've got the right um the right preparations ahead of time to mm -hmm. to make sure cuz just assume that shit is going to hit the fan and plan for that because that's that's the safest thing to do but uh, i don't know it's a bad time it's a bad time even just for any kind of uh marriage or, or relationships i, I long-term relationships i agree with a lot of the MGTOW guys on that for sure it, it's dangerous territory so I'm going to do a shameless plug here because I got a, a chapter on uh, red flags that guys can identify for uh, for women. So um, it's a free chapter. You guys can download. You'll get on my list for when the full book's available. But that's basically what the book's going to be. It's going to open your eyes to the reality of the entire world. I'm not just talking about women, but the entire world, everything with money and wealth creation, self-care and all that. Awesome. But yeah, it's um, it's crazy, man. I don't know how to... Like there is no safe way to go about navigating. Like I get this question a lot, you know, Kong's, yeah. you know, Kong's throwing it in there. Like, you know, what do you think about kids in Western, you know, Western civilization? I think that um, there's, there's so many variables and there's so many different ways to go about looking at it. And, and even if you properly vet, even if you look for the 19 or 20 red flags that could potentially flare up and, you know, you've gone through a couple of years of dating to get a good idea who they are and what they're all about. Um, there's still a lot of potential risk on the back end and women always reserve the right to change their mind at any given time. And one of the yeah. things I've noticed too, through a lot of coaching is, um, I help a lot of guys kind of exit their marriage, like divorce properly. So they don't lose the entire farm through the process. Cause a lot of guys make like uh, jump decisions. They'll kind of like run out of things far, far too quickly. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, you know, the end result of it all is I've, I've talked to guys that have wiped up Mormons, you know, like mm -hmm. good oh, yeah. church going conservative Mormons. And as soon as they go through the divorce process, all of a sudden, you know, her hair's cut short, it's dyed pink. She hates men and she gets a government job, you know, in social services and she's divorcing the guy. And he's like, I didn't even see it coming. I'm like, you know, who was the person you married? And it's like, well, over 10 years in the marriage, this is what happened sort of thing. So, you know, you got to understand that <laughs> Kant calls it the sun hat cult. <laughs> That's well, like a little phrase that Ryan pulled out. <laughs> well, you know, there's something I would say about that. And and guys don't like when I say this, but it is true. Okay. Which is that a lot of, well, okay. I'll put it this way. Women are followers and their how they act in a relationship is largely a reflection of how the man acts in a relationship. Yeah, I agree with that. And so we need to educate men better on how to be a man in the relationship. And I'm not saying that that will prevent any. It doesn't instances. solve everything, but it at least right. offers you a bit of a buffer, right? 
Yeah, because and here's what I was telling one guy that I was coaching. I told him because he was complaining about his girlfriend and all the shit that she was doing to him and cheating on him and all this stuff. And I said, look, I said, you can have the same girl, same exact girl. She's no saint. She's no evil person. She's just a normal girl. And she dates one guy. And this guy's a wuss. And she walks all over him. She cheats on him. She treats him like shit. She might even physically abuse him, right? Like, okay. But then she could date another guy who is a man, who's a, who's familiar with his masculinity, who knows how to be a man in a relationship. And she will treat him like a king. She'll serve him. She'll clean up after him. She'll Not that I'm saying that you need to have those things, but I'm saying like she will treat him like a literal king. And the difference was not the girl. It was you as a man. And I'm not, and again, a lot of guys don't like when I say this, and I'm not trying to say that you can't ever get fucked over even if you do everything right. That's mm -hmm. always a possibility. But a large, large degree of the way that a woman acts in a relationship has to do with how the man acts. And guys don't want to swallow this hard truth, but it, it is very true. And that's why it's so important. And so many guys are focusing, and this is where I got upset in the, the whole P, PUA community is like a lot of those guys are focused on getting the girl, but they're not focusing on how to actually be a man in the relationship and where, where to go from there. That's where actually I felt like even though there's a little bit of woo woo stuff in, in David Data's book that the way the superior man actually has some pretty solid advice in, in regards to that. So mm. yeah, those are all great points. Um, I'm going to take a, a quick break for a couple of minutes. I just want to shout out to this new sponsor I have. It's sure. got some good supplements here. So let me throw it on the ticker down over here. And you guys have seen, um, you know, Scott really, uh, you know, support what we're doing here with uh, Tactical Soap. And I got um, Joel here. And he's got this cool little system that he's put together for guys. I got the wrong screen up here. Hold on a second. Let me do this right. Share screen. I'll get StreamYard working properly here. And there it is, a program. Okay, so it's actually a membership program. Uh, Joel's 47. Yes, I know he's on TRT, but he only just started when he was 41. But, you know, the stuff that we got over here, and let me throw on the full screen, uh, LipoX Plus, Creatine HCL, Elevate, and some other fat burners with some um, other products, here, which I'll tell you in about one second. Just give me your attention for a minute here. But what we got is, let me minimize that, go back here. And boom. So what we got here is this program that he's put together, monthly membership. It's got access to all of his training. He's got training videos, nutritional stuff. Uh, he's got access to the supplements. It's him and his kids over here. Um, I'm actually going to have him on next month to kind of talk about his playing to win story because he's a really, really successful Canadian entrepreneur that's moved down to uh, Texas. And this program, I'm going to dive into it myself. Dude is solid. He he knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to supplementation. Um, the link in, is in the bottom here on the ticker, guys. It's, it just says for men over 35, get your swagger and energy back at alphafit.fit. But what I wanted to show you here, this one here is my favorite. This is a great product that helped me lose about nine pounds so far. Um, it's a, uh, it kind of expands in your stomach. I'm going to have him explain it better on when when he's joined me, but it's a proprietary blend of this fiber, which basically you take five pills. And if I were to put it in this glass of water and fill it up with a spoon, uh, stir it up, it would basically turn like uh, gelatinous sort of goo. So it fills up your stomach so you don't have as much of an appetite, lowers uh, blood sugars and improves, you know, diabetes if you have that sort of problem. But I also found that it helped me lose weight because I take it before I would go to the dojo. And uh, 
I didn't really have much of an appetite to eat a, a huge meal afterwards. So check out this stuff. The link's below. His program's all there. I'm going to have him talk a little bit more about it when he, he joins up. He, so he's got this Lipo X Plus. He's, of course, got creatine products as well, which are super simple uh, tablets. There's two energy boosters. This is the one that I've been using. It's called Elevate. Again, it's also in the program over there. Um, this is really good for, for getting psyched up and, clean, and creating a little bit of mental, mental clarity. There's a lot of guys that sell nootropics. Um, I don't really think that they work that well. Actually, I want to ask you um, about any kind of experience you have with those because mm -hmm. I've used things like modafinil. But this here I found very effective. If you want to go hardcore, this stuff is crazy. <laughs> um, you have to be careful with this. This this will really get you fired up for fat burning. I don't I don't use that that often. I kind of use like the uh, average Joe one. You ever use anything like a nootropic to get things done, John? I you know, I played around with a few of them, and I never found them effective. But I'm trying to think what was it. I found this company that had actually sent me some samples called Formula. Yeah. And I was pretty skeptical, but I tried it out, and they have like a blind like placebo test thing, and I actually found that it was it was beneficial. Like they have a different few different blends mm -hmm. for different, and they're focused on different things and. They kind of customize it so it's like for a different person you test to see what works for you and i actually found some positive results not not like anything like you know just ridiculous results but when i actually you're never going to see day, anything like that movie limitless right no no you're Cooper. never gonna like you're that, never going to yeah. have that kind of superpower but it's always like no. a slight edge i mean some guys will chew nicotine gum what do you do for like biohacking yourself because i mean like you're 39 right mm -hmm. you're in really good shape like have you moved into trt yet or are you still fully natural so I just started doing TRT like what like three or four months ago. Yeah. Up until then, I was a hundred percent natural. I haven't really even talked about this on online, but oh, let's dive into it, man. Yeah. So, so actually, so the reason why I started taking TRT was because my SHBG level was like two hundred. Mm -hmm. And what which, does that explain? That's a sex hormone binding globulin, right? So what is yeah. that and why is that si significant to, you know, the pursuit of excellence and playing to win? So the biggest issue with it is that it binds, it has an affinity for testosterone. So it, even though my testosterone was, was pretty high, mm -hmm. my free testosterone was low, it was low because of that. And I tried everything to lower the SHBG naturally. I think the reason why mine was so high was because I fast a lot and I run marathons. I run like 60, 70 miles a week. So I think on top of all the weight training, I was just running myself down. Like it's a, I guess under extreme stress and starvation, mm -hmm. you can, that, that can rise. So I, I was suffering from that and then like a libido drop off. And I was like, okay, you know what, for quality of life, like I had been natural my whole life and i was able to build the physique i was able to build you know being completely natural i said you know what? for quality of life in my 40s i need to start thinking about is it is it worth it being able to say oh look i've never taken anything or would it be better to have a higher quality of life and and honestly like there is a huge difference in motivation what have you noticed so the biggest one was i felt like my normal self again once i started taking mm -hmm. it uh, it, there was just like for the last maybe two or three years, I just felt like mildly depressed, lacking the motivation that I used to have, even though I was, I was forcing myself through it, you know, I was still mm -hmm. running marathons, still hitting the gym every day, still running the business, but just like I had to drag myself to do it. And the motivation level increased dramatically, libido increased dramatically. 
And, uh, and yeah, that's the main thing. Like I didn't even really see any difference in physique uh, mm -hmm. as far as I didn't even really see any difference in, in fat burning. Yeah. In fact, my endurance performance went down in, in running, you know, but, but yeah. How, the, how the, uh, tall know. are you and what do you weigh? I'm six, three and I'm about two thirty-five. Oh, you're a big dude, man. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm just under six three, and I'm about two hundred. I mean, I cut myself down about two o four lately, but I've been up to about two twelve, and I and I started TRT at one ninety nine, but I got up to two ten, two twelve. Um, I didn't gain that much, but I'm mean, like, you're a big guy. Like, how do you maintain two two thirty five running as much as you do? Because I always see your posts on Instagram, yeah. like you're running every fucking day. Like, yeah. how do you keep the muscle on you? So most people like most fitness people are completely wrong about cardio killing your gains. It, it's absolutely not true. And I know it because like I said, I run, you know, I've been running like 60, 70 miles a week and I've, I've done that for like the last two to three years. So the biggest key, and not only that, but I only eat one meal a day. In fact, you know, I, I fast until five every single day. The biggest key is just eating uh, or not eating, but lifting heavy as long as you're lifting heavy in the gym mm -hmm. and then the second thing is the actual fasting so it's kind of funny so i, I used to do the whole bodybuilding diet right i mm -hmm. would eat six or seven meals a day and you know these small meals and then i would you know do the whole bro splits and all that shit and i gained a lot of muscle i mean i, I was pretty big but when i would cut i would lose so much muscle cutting uh, as a natural that just I was like okay there's just no way to avoid that but then when I started doing the fasting I started doing one meal a day I noticed that when I started cutting I kept all the muscle I was keeping almost all the strength gains and, and muscle and as I researched into it I found that when you do the prolonged fast your HGH level boosts up there especially if you do even longer fast so you know it, it's going to seem kind of crazy but for the last three weeks I've only been eating on Monday Wednesday and Friday just one meal on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with How all my running. Meal? Is it like a huge, like, like three, 4,000 calories or is it like a standard meal? Yeah. About 3000 calories. I'd say, you know, for me, it doesn't seem that big, but yeah. <laughs> I'll, cause I'm used to it. But, but yeah, so the fasting, fasting and lifting heavy, that's the key. Cause when I was eating the small meals with the bodybuilding diet, mm -hmm. I, I would lose muscle as well as the fat. And, uh, but the fasting seems to be, be the key thing that, that keeps the, the muscle on. So yeah, it, it seems very counterintuitive, but, mm -hmm. um, so but what yeah. do you do on like a Tuesday for consumption? Is it just water or fluids? Like you don't eat anything? Yeah. I just would drink some coffee and like, I've got a diet Coke or, you know, seven up here. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, that's it. No calories basically. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. So. Three M A W three meals a week. Kong says. Yeah. Yeah. It's, hmm. um, and I've lost quite a bit just by, by doing that. And like I said, I haven't lost any strength at all in the gym. So crazy, crazy. Do you use, um, HCG too, or just uh, testosterone? Yeah. I do like the, I've got so, an online system where they send me HCG and they send me enough for like the first half of the, you know, so I'm off and on on the HCG. Mm -hmm. And then they also send me uh, oxytocin. Oh, so, I'm not. I'm not even familiar with that part. Is it? I always, I always mix up oxytocin and. You talking about yeah, the HEA? No, it, it's it's oxytocin. It's like the the love chemical, right? That you know, the bonding chemical. I forget. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, it, there's supposedly... lots of like online places that'll ship it right to your door now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah it's super convenient. 
Yeah, I think honestly, any guy that is like in his late thirties and forties should should definitely look into it because, you know, like I said, I was the biggest like oh, I, in fact, I made videos against TRT uh, mm -hmm. originally, but then I realized like it just came down to this idea. I forget. I watched some video. Maybe it was the dates more more plates more dates guy. Maybe. Yeah. He, yeah. I've seen his channel. I've been watching a lot of his stuff too. He's yeah. good. He's good. Yeah, and he good, knows yeah. all this stuff. And, and he made some video that convinced me because he was like, dude, he's like, your quality of life, like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, okay, fine. You're natural. That's great. But when you hit like 40, like you're 40 to 50 year old, that, that decade, it can either be like, like just like you were in mm -hmm. your 30s or it can, you can start going downhill, like make a yeah. choice. Yeah. That's the thing that a lot of guys don't get. Like I've, sometimes posted a picture um you know like a progress picture and you know right away the guys will swoop in now you're on trt you're cheating it's like i don't think you get it dude like the levels that i have right now are what i had when i was probably like in my late 20s or 30. so yeah. it's not like i'm super physiological bodybuilding style because if i was i'd be like 275 pounds right like i'd be big um they're you know, the whole point is really just to get your mental focus and clarity back, libido yeah. strong, you know, you've got muscle strength and density, your bone density, because that's the other thing that happens too, is your bone density improves as well over about a year. It takes, it takes the longest, like that's the longest um, ROI that you get on TRTs, your bone density goes up over about a year, but body fat will go down, muscle strength will improve. Um, it takes some management though, right? Like there's some yeah. lab work that you got to do to manage it and make some slight adjustments to tweak it because everybody's a little bit different. But once you get it dialed in right, like, you know, it's not going to be a game changer like, oh, dude, you're going to be 100% better. But it's like, you know, you're going to feel like you're younger, right? Like your exactly. biological age will feel a lot younger. Do you do anything else to biohack yourself to, you know, improve focus, clarity, production or anything else like that? I mean, nothing from a chemical standpoint, I'd say like, I mean, I, well, okay. I, I did with the, with the same subscription service, they awful also offer some like AGH, HGH peptides. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking the peptides. I'm skeptical if those actually make much of a difference at all, mm -hmm. but I figure heck if they're only going to charge me 200 bucks, I might as well, mm -hmm. like might as well take them. Uh, so so I'm I'm doing that. And IPA? Then, like what are you taking? Test Simorlin or Simorlin. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really notice much with that, but I think one of the most useful peptides was BPC one five seven. I don't know if you've used that yet. No, I haven't. It's great, man. It's it's okay. um it's really good for joint tissue, um, uh, and you okay. inject it right into your joint. I was talking to. Uh, Ben Greenfield about this like five or six years ago, long before I even got on TRT. And as soon as I heard needles, I was like, I just tuned out. I'm like, fuck that. I'm yeah. not doing it. But like, yeah. as soon as I got used to, you know, yeah. TRT and the protocol, it's like no big deal. So I, so I like my left knee has been bad. Like it's part of the reason why I don't run. Um, I've had a hard time skiing in the winter, you know, in the past, but I got this, um, peptide and it's not expensive. It's like 50 bucks. You just, you know, reconstitute it with some water and then you just inject yep. it right into your joint. Um, a lot of people go, oh, you're joining this, you know, it's got to hurt. But what you really do is, you know, I don't have a lot of body fat on my wrist, but I mean, you just grab some, some fat and you kind of pinch it like that. Yeah. And you just put it, you know, between the pinch and it's by your joint and it just kind of finds its way in there. And you do that for about two or three weeks. And it's like, no, like it doesn't click and pop anymore. I can walk yeah. on it, you know, you know, properly. Like I can even run on it if I'm on a treadmill too. So 
it's like peptides are also like a nice little tweak as well. I, I got a video that I'm going to go in depth on peptides for my community in the 1% next month and kind of explain how it's all done and how you reconstitute it and how you inject it. But I found peptides to be very, very useful. The ones that are supposed to boost HGH, mm-hmm. nothing really. I mean, I had a, a slightly yeah. better quality of sleep, which was one of the uh, one of the benefits that they said. Um, but aside from that, yeah, the BPC-157 has been a game changer. Okay, I've actually got a coaching call scheduled with Ben Greenfield. Yeah. Where I was, in fact, I I basically emailed him and I was like, hey, I want you to tell me optimal, like what do I need to do peptide-wise because mm-hmm. I don't want to do all the research and I know you've already done it. So, so yeah, so next month I'm I'm going to be talking with him and getting it because I know he's the man that uh, for, for all this stuff, like he's... You're going to do it live? No, no, I just I just paid to schedule a coaching call with him. So. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he'll, he'll uh, fill you. There's actually a, a um, essay that he wrote on it. So if you search BPC-157 plus Ben Greenfield, he breaks down exactly how to use it there. Okay, okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I half mean... Half an hour. So what okay. else do you want to rack about, dude? Um, hmm. here, I'll, here, I'll grab the um, link to the broadcast and I'll drop it in the chat. So if you guys want to join in and ask us a question, I'm going to open that up to you. But just kind of, I just wanted to shoot the shit with you, dude. Yeah, yeah. Join yeah, us I was live. trying to think if there's anything else that I'm... Question. All right, so the join link's there. You guys can hop on. Make sure you've got a good microphone, good connection, headphones preferably. If you don't, if you're, you know, if your audio sucks, I'm going to have to let you go. So try to come on properly, guys. Um, yeah, what else can we wrap about, dude? Yeah, um, I mean, we could talk business, talk about how we're doing with the memberships and, and stuff like that. Yeah, memberships. You've recently just started to offer it for the Bulldog Mindset membership. How's that going? Yeah, that's good. I just started, I guess it's been 10 months now and got all the way up to about 400 members now mm-hmm. in the community. And uh, yeah, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, w- one of the things I learned you know, from my previous business with Simple Programmer is I just had all these products and I mm-hmm. still have all these products. And with Bulldog Mindset, I just focus on the one thing. It's like I send people to my bulldog quiz and from there they get an email sequence that pitches the membership and that's the one thing that i focus on and that's Mm -hmm. the one thing that i'm selling and that has just made for deliverables behind the paywall so i do probably pretty similar to what you do i do like a weekly video and the video rotates between the four pillars of bulldog mindset which is mindset uh fitness finance and then uh dating and relationships cool and so those those all go out and then i do a a monthly q a for members and then we've got a book each month and then a book summary for that book and then the facebook group and then they get like some exclusive stuff like uh, early access to interviews if i do an interview with with someone and uh and those kind of perks so nice i want to I got a couple of people waiting to hop on and ask a question. I'm just going to let them kind of wait oh, yeah. a little bit longer, but I want to ask you this question. So I've done some book reviews um, in my community as well this last uh, year as well. What, what book has really um, updated your beliefs the most in the last year that you've gone through with your tribe? Hmm, that's a good question. Or author that might've written books. Cause while you're thinking about that, I'll tell you what mine is. So Noah Yuval Harari, um, you know, the more that I kind of marinate on, on, on his work, like if you read Homo Deus and Sapiens and I read Sapiens. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read Homo Deus? I haven't. No, it's, it's really interesting because 
in in that um installment he kind of leans into the future and he talks about the direction of of mankind as it as it kind of leans into the next you know centuries you know going forward and 21 lessons for the 21st century is another little um nice piece as well but the but the big takeaway from it all you know for me was really that humans don't give a, a damn about the truth what we care about is power and right. you know that and if you read Sapiens, and you also probably picked up on the um, growth of humanity or Sapiens, you know, as well, you know, through a function of gossip, you know, it's like, you know, we all subscribe to a, a $20 bill being worth $20, because we all agree in the fiat currency value with the exception of people that are disconnected from it, because they don't subscribe to that gossip. Like, you take that $20 bill down to the Amazon, and you give it to a a guy that's never had electricity or lighting or even seen right. a car, what's he going to do with it? He's going to wipe his ass with it. He has no interest in it, right? So I thought that was one of the most prolific sort of uh, pieces. Yeah, Conk's there as well. He said that, uh, you know, he really likes Homo Deus as well. What did you think, though? I'll, I'll have to check that one out. I haven't read Homo Deus, but I didn't, I didn't really like Sapiens, actually. I gave it a negative review because I felt like it was anti-humanistic. and. And, and I felt like it was not, uh, I don't know. I just, I just felt like it wasn't a very uplifting message. Yeah. And uh, it's a, not, a biscuit, but yeah. But I mean, like the truth rarely is either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. And and I'm definitely a person that, that likes to confront the truth. I just felt like it was like it had an agenda, but, but I, I'd be curious to read the other book uh, yeah. for sure and, and see. Yeah. I got, um, I got Bradford here in the waiting area. So I'm going to throw you on. You had a question for us, man? Hey Richard, how are you doing? Good, man. Hey, I'm I'm happy you had me on the show. I I got in just as you all were getting off of the subject matter of David Data's book, okay? Okay. Which for me was a really life-changing book and it started to uh bring me into the process of you know, learning about being a man and masculinity. It started me on my which I'm still on my reappeal journey, okay? So I was wondering if you could like go back and maybe quickly um, rehash some of what you were saying, your insights on him, and maybe some other books that I could read that would help me along that same pathway. So uh, from my perspective, just so I don't you know bore the people that have been watching from the start, um, th there's some really good books out there that I think every guy should read. And what I've done is I've got an Amazon storefront. So if you go to the top pinned comment, and mm -hmm. click that there's some there's some nutraceutical products for supplements that i've taken or, or or back products that i've used to fix my back but there's also a section on books any one of those books in there to me is a top shelf read right so i've got stuff in there like from rational mail i got sean smith's book in there um i got some of noah yuval harari's books i don't have david data's book in there just because i wasn't a huge fan of it i found it a little too um emotional woo woo sort of thing um, I get it. I'm, I get it. Yeah, like I'm more into the reality of stuff, and then I kind of apply it to the you know the life that I want to live. That might be viewed by some as maybe black pilled or you know something else, but um, I just wasn't a huge fan of. It. But it's a good segue into you know the depth of the red pill and the different rabbit holes you can kind of go down. Like I would never give the rational mail to somebody that just didn't understand the way the world worked. And I said, well, here, read this, and now you should understand things. A lot of people kind of move into it from David Data's book, Iron John, even um, 
Corey Wayne's book, The 3% Man. Mm-hmm. I've said that book's kind of like purple pillish. You know, he, he goes yeah. on for a bit about the beauty of dating a single mom. And I was like, okay, we're, you know, we're done here sort of thing. Like we need to, <laughs> we need to pass okay. on to the rational male. Um, but yeah, like start, yeah, start with that list. So it's pinned in the top comment. It's in the Amazon storefront. Okay. Thanks, Richard. All right, man. See you later. All right. Man. Um, hang on. We've got uh, another guy here named Jacob. Let's see what Jacob's got to say. You're on, man. Hey, Rich. How's it going? Good. Hey, sorry. I'm in the car right now. I just wanted to call in and ask. Um, so I'm a uh, 20-year-old college student. I work full-time and I'm a full-time student. Uh, completely self-sustaining. My parents don't assist me at all. I'm looking for more out of my life. I mean, I want to know what would be some the first real step to get more from my life, if that makes sense. John, do you want to chime in and hit this guy? Yeah, I mean, I would say, honestly, at, at this at this stage, if you really want to set yourself up, what you need to do is, is think about, always think about how, like, living your life now as if uh, you're going to set yourself up for the best life five years from now. That's how you should be living your life, right? So make those kind of long-term decisions. With that said, one of the best things you could possibly be doing right now being 20 is to be starting your own business now, right? Knowing that you'll probably be broke ass uh, for a while, but knowing that by the time, like you you should, like the, the time where I always tell young guys that their life will be the best is when they're 30, Right. And that they should be aiming everything towards that. Right. So, yeah, you know, go around, maybe date some women now, but don't get into any long term relationships. Spend your time in 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 grind mode. Hustle, hustle, hustle. So build a business and and expect that it's going to take five years minimum for you to actually get any kind of traction and make any kind of money from that business. But be willing to put in that time. Spend some time in the gym. Right. You know, spend time improving yourself. Read a lot of books. Like make sure that you're reading books all the time. Go, you go out for a run, you put the audio book in, you're listening, right? Think about, you know, you're training for having the best life when you're 30. Most guys, your age, what they're doing is they're doing the whole YOLO. They're going out, they're fucking partying every night and they're living their best time now when they're 20 and they're, and they are still at broke ass. But if you can be 30, be financially successful as a man, have a good physique, Okay, be well grounded. Have some experience with women without getting trapped into a long term relationship. Man, your thirties are going to be fucking awesome, right? Like you, you can live an awesome life. You can retire in your thirties, you know, and and all that kind of stuff. But you got to be willing to make the sacrifice now. That's that's the best advice I would give you. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I muted Jacob just because his audio was getting pretty bad. Yeah. But um, I'm just going to pull him out of the screen. So I hope you got some value out of that. Just to just to add to that. Totally echo with what John's saying, but uh, I mean, the show, like this series that we're running is playing to win. And when you're a younger guy, you can take on greater risks. I mean, you can play to win. I mean, playing to win means that you should get like a a 50X, 100X payoff when you come to the finish line sort of thing. And we all know that women hang out at the finish line and pick the winners, as I've famously said before. So um, in your younger years, gentlemen, you know, 20s, 30, 35, maybe, you know, probably up to 35, like you should have had a win by then. Yeah. Play hard, you know, take on bigger risks, um, you know, move to a place that's um, going to give you a better ROI than where you're at. There's a lot of guys in small towns or small areas with not a lot of access to tools and resources or even opportunities. And it's like, you know, you can move when you're young. 
Um, so the advice that I give you is, you know, play to win. Cause by the time you get to my age, like you're really just trying not to screw up. Like I'm 46, <laughs> I've made the money. Now I kind of play more not to lose, but there are instances that I'm playing not to win in as well still too. So just kind of take, take it that way, if you will, if that makes sense. Um, Got a super chat here. I got to throw up on the screen. He says, hey, Rich, I know this is off topic, but Daniel Craig, if you guys don't know who Daniel Craig, he's a James Bond or has been the James Bond recently, is in a YouTube video in a dress for equal pay. I have not seen that. Um, let's just let's do a quick uh, YouTube search. Daniel Craig in a dress and see what we got here because he's looking for feedback on it. Uh, Craig in a dress. What do we get here? Dresses to support equality. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, it's there. That uh, I can't. Horrible. I can't show it on the screen because YouTube doesn't like let me do that. But I'm just going to quickly watch this here and comment on it. So he's walking out the Bond with the back lit. No, this is this is a 2011 flick. This isn't new. This can't be new. This is eight years ago. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know if this is the right one, bro, but if you have the link, drop it in the uh, chat because uh, that'll help me find the right one. But yeah, um, I'm not for men dumbing themselves down. I don't know. What do you think, uh, John? Like, you know, men acting more feminized. Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, I'm absolutely against it. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I, I mean, the, the honest truth of the situation is that women don't like weak men and men don't like weak men. Yeah. Nobody likes a weak man. Regardless, women will tell you, Oh, you know, I want you to be emotional and, and cry on my shoulder. And I want to be there for you. Like, like you're there for me, but bullshit. Uh, and they, they mean it, but, but yeah, they'll be a good, you'll be a better friend to them, but they won't be sexually attracted to you. And, uh, and men despise weak men. You know, you, you should have learned that in school. So no, but nobody teaches you those things in school here. I want to show you something that's going to reflect that sentiment that you just, I, I mean, it's an excellent point. Women hate weak men. They love strength. They love competency. They love, and you know, by the same token, a lot of the times you're going to hear women go on about how, um, you know, they pine for Mr. Caring, Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Thoughtful, Mr. Sensitive, but then they'll go off and fuck Mr. Exciting. Um, so you, whenever there's a conflict between, you know, behavior and uh words you always got to behave believe the behavior there it is so there's a screen and pull it up share screen chrome tab and i think that's it there we go so i got sent this on twitter the other uh the other day um women i want a kind caring loving man so this is her tweet this is bonnie frozen she says uh henry cavill plays superman a conventionally attractive beloved superhero wears extremely tight outfit me meh Henry plays a, The Witcher, a grumpy, morally gray monster hunter, always dirty and or bloody, smells like his horse. Me. I've never wanted to suck a D so bad in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, you know, whenever there's a conflict, gentlemen, you've got to... Uh, sorry, John, I pulled you up by accident, hit the wrong screen. You know, whenever there's a conflict between, um, you know, those things, you always got to behave the... or believe the behavior, if that makes any sense to you guys. Yeah. Um, and I think... I think a lot of guys misinterpret that and they think, okay, well, I have to be a total dickhead and and treat women poorly and be an asshole. It's it's about the projection of, of strength. It's not about right. I mean, their behavior like as a man, it's it has a lot to do with the intent behind the behavior, right? It's like cause I was coaching one guy and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, he was so like 
focused on being the masculine man that he's like, yeah, I would never like, I just don't say anything nice to my girlfriend and, and I never buy her gifts or anything. And I'm like, dude, like you're, you're missing. Like if you are the man and you're acting masculine, you can be kind, right? There's a difference between kind and being nice. Like you can reward good behavior, right? As long as you're ignoring bad behavior. But if you're just like trying to win approval and validation, and that's the reason why you're being nice or paying a compliment or giving a gift, that's, that's the wrong, that, that, then you're going to get fucking walked on. And, and, but I think a lot of times guys confuse that. And so they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to be an asshole. And that's not, that's not either either because that won't work either because you'll now be being an asshole in order to win validation <laughs> and mm -hmm. that, and women will see through that as well. Uh, so just wanted to make that point. Yeah. Somebody's somebody just said there, it's exactly what Robert Glover talks about right to the point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I don't know he's, if you've read no more Mr. Nice guy. Yeah. I actually had him on my, my YouTube channel. It one of the biggest takeaways I got from that book was the idea between uh, the covert in overt contracts, mm -hmm. right? And th I think that's such a important concept for guys to understand. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've really just been trying to look at all these conversations in these books. Like, I mean, like even Rollo will tell you that, like, you know, like I basically use a lot of his um, ideas and his essays as the basis of the things that I formulate too. And I would disagree with that. I mean, but it's, but it's more or less a collection of all those things. And mm -hmm. I try to simplify um, the pieces or the most important pieces anyway that, that that guys need to comprehend have more success so they're not distracted by women or chasing women so they can be more focused on their purpose and making money and putting a dent in the universe and it's like simple simple things like a lot of the times i'll get guys that'll like come up and they'll throw stuff at me like uh you know this woman and you know i think she likes me but i'm not entirely sure and i sent the text and she didn't get back to me and what do i do and it's like Dude, she doesn't have desire for you, right? Like, yeah. one of the videos that I did is, is is called Genuine Burning Desire. You know, like why it's really important. I've got an entire chapter in my book dedicated to breaking down all the details. But like a nine or a ten will have so much desire. She'll show up, you know, for dates on on time or early. She'll be right. made up. She'll be dressed nicely. She'll be wearing makeup. Um, you know, she'll text you unprovoked. She'll send you maybe you know provocative pictures to get your attention. She'll do whatever she can to enter your frame. Whereas a woman that's got that's like more indifferent, she might show up late for a date. She's not going to be dressed up as nicely. She's going to reschedule. She's yeah. not going to respond to your texts. Like I've broken it all down in this chapter. But if you want to have a nice, easy life or or have a good experience with women, um, Robert Glover said something to me the last time I had him on with Sean, and he said, "Choose women that choose you." Mm -hmm. And yes. that's and that's really what I would distill that entire chapter down is choose women that choose you. But there's a lot behind the dynamics of how all that works. And that's what I do is I take those um, ideas and I kind of like go down a, a path that exposes it in a way that's really, really easy for guys to understand. But yeah, man, you know, yeah. you get that thing sorted out, you get that figured out. It's a lot easier to make bank and put a dent in your universe because guys are like so focused on women all the time. Oh, yeah. It's oh, always it's, about women. It's yeah. always about chasing tail, right? It's funny, related to what you just said, one thing I always tell guys is, do you want to have a woman let uh, let you fuck her or want to fuck you? And yeah. there's a big difference. Because yeah. a lot of guys are willing to accept the first, and I'm like, fuck, don't, it, like, it, the second is much better. So, like, yeah. if a woman is giving you the first, then just be gone with it, done with it, because you don't want that. Like, you, you want know the, the difference second. between transactional sex and validational sex? Tell me. Yeah, so, so, 
transactional is when you see those like honey to do lists. It's like, you know, take out the garbage, oh, yeah. mow the lawn, get a blowjob, take out the garbage, mow the lawn, take the kids to soccer, you know, we'll do this in the bedroom sort of thing. And it's like this chore play. It's like a negotiation strategy. You do this and I'll give you that. That's, yeah. that's, that's transactional sex. I mean, you see that as well with prostitutes because they're, um, you know, exchanging money for sexual favors sort of thing. Whereas like validational sex is the chick at the foam cannon party in Ibiza or Cancun who goes and bangs a cute, you know, Italian guy, Pablo, 20 minutes after she met him, right? That's validational sex because right. she's seeking validation from the guy. And that's the kind of sex that you want to have. So that's a big difference between the two is you want the enthusiastic yep. consent. And these guys will never get me too. Like Pablo, the no. guy from the foam no. cannon party, that no. bangs 20 minutes after he meets the girl and says hi, exactly. he's never getting me too. Exactly. Right? exactly. Because it's it's genuine burning desire. Right. Um, I got Anthony here waiting, so I'm going to throw him on. Uh, Anthony, you got a question? Yeah, how you guys? How you going? We're shaking, man. And, uh, John, love, uh, love your work, man. I've seen a Thank couple you. of videos. Rich, uh, been a fan of the community for a while. I've got Thanks. a question for you both. John, you started SIPS programmer in at 29, maybe 33, you said. Rich, in a previous video, you said that um, you got passed up on a promotion at around 30, and that's when you went all in in your debt business at mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm 25. I've unsuccessfully launched one venture, planning to go again and do something in the um, recurring revenue but product e-commerce space. But my main bread and butter is real estate. It's construction management, it's property development. Um, and I'm kind of stuck between going all in on that or going in on a side hustle with the intent of generating money to go further in real estate. Like, so my question, I guess, to you guys is, you've both dedicated a lot of time to your craft and made your money up front. Um, but you also, by the same token, encourage guys to dive in straight away into their own business at a young age. Having both had a lot of experience working for people, adding, having had a lot of experience um, with other people's money, I guess, learning with other people's money first, what do you um, recommend someone does? Do you see the value in working for someone as well? You want to jump on that, John? Sure. So a couple things I would say. The The first thing I would say is focus is the most important thing. One thing, do one thing. There's a couple of good books, Essentialism and actually a book called The One Thing. Read both of those books. But if I could go back in time, I don't have very many regrets in life. But if I could rewind, one thing I would do is just focus on one thing, put all my focus and energy into one thing. I'd be worth a hundred million dollars right now if I did that, right? I mean, yeah, what I did was successful. It's great. It's it's awesome. But I was doing so many things and running so many businesses at a time, doing real estate investing, doing this business, doing that. And focus is so, so critical. As long as you pick one thing and you just put it all into that, that's the biggest big business lesson that I've learned in business. And that's what's actually helped Bulldog Mindset grow so much faster is because like I said earlier, so that, so I would say that. The second thing I would say is there's actually a really good book actually by 50 Cent in Robert Greene called uh, the, the 50th Law. And the biggest takeaway I got from that was own your corner, which which is is critical, you know, own own your own corner right you like working for someone else 
Uh, okay. I mean, maybe you can learn some stuff, but owning your own corner is extremely valuable. So if you get the opportunity to build your own thing, even if it means you're making less money, even, you know, that no one can take that away from you. And, and that's how you become anti-fragile, by the way, right? Anytime you're depending on someone else, some platform even, and solely on that platform, you're not anti-fragile. One person can, can, you know, you got to kiss someone's ass. There's, there's someone's ass you got to kiss. You cannot yeah. be, be totally free. So. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. It's it's um, a lot of guys get distracted doing different things or side hustles, and I've I've not seen many people that have built very successful businesses or played to win with a side hustle. Um, mm -hmm. It's I mean by definition by calling it a side hustle, like when somebody says side hustle to me, and then they start talking about Uber or walking dogs on Wag or some shit like that. I'm like, you're wasting yeah. your fucking time, dude. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a colossal waste of your time. And I'll yeah. tell guys that straight up. I mean, I've told guys in my community that, but, um, to really, really get something off the ground. I mean, if you want to have impact, like you're going to have to live poor for a bit to make that happen. Um, I think when I first started at my debt business, I was, I was, uh, I didn't even draw a salary for the first year. I mean, I had a little bit of money saved up from a package I got when I left. And then, um, few other things that were going on because I had uh, roommates in my house. I bought my first house and I just stuffed it with roommates. So they were covering the mortgage basically. So I didn't really have that much in the way of living, mm -hmm. living expenses. But yeah, you have to go all in, dude. And yeah. I think that one of the things that, that, that John said that he may not have realized on is that because he was doing so many things, like you have to be able to identify at one point like the one thing that is working and then let yeah. go of the other shit. But yeah. a lot of guys... You know, if there's four things that they could have been doing, maybe this is the thing that would have won, but he focused on these things. He might have missed the opportunity to see that just because he didn't take on a, a, a few more things at the same time. So, you know, it's a delicate balance, right? Like you got to kind of play with it a little bit, if that makes sense, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just, if you guys don't mind, one thing, John, just a further question for you. You said you bought your first property in 19. Um, and Rich, you also said you're going to have to live poorly for a while to step out and have, you know, your own corner. Yeah. I'm 25. I've bought um, my first place at 24. It's got development potential. I want to go there. Um, one strategy, real estate-wise, but it's much like yours, John, buying one property a year and just get people in there, smash the mortgage. But um, with all those commitments, right, like big financial commitments, default's a big thing. Um, like how do you get – it's kind of hard to find the balls to walk away out on your own and be – in that heavy risk zone when you have such huge financial obligations. So you are, in a sense, Rich, playing it, uh, playing not to lose until you find enough ground and experience to walk out. Well, yeah, you, you have to make sure it's a business and not a hobby, right? The business will pay yeah. you. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get us wrong. I think, you know, feel free to disagree if you disagree, Richard, but I'm not suggesting that you just quit your job and then just start a business. I don't think that's a good idea. I... I I like the idea. In fact, what I did as well is I worked my job, but I worked, you know, I told my boss, I said, I'm working 40 hours a week. That's it. And I spent the rest, the other, you know, I spent the other 30 hours a week working on my, what was my side business, but taking it seriously. I think what Richard is saying is don't say, oh, this is just a side hustle. Like this is your dream. This is what you're really going to do. And I got it up to the point where, where, and this is critical where my my side business the the income it generated 
was enough to cover my expenses, not to replace my income, to cover my expenses. As soon as it got to the point mm -hmm. where it could cover my expenses, I quit my regular job and I just focus on that. Right. A lot of people, they try to build a side business and they're like, okay, well, I'm making like six figures. So once the side business gets the six figures, it's never getting the six figures while you're working for it on the side. Right. You got to cut your expenses down. You got to eat ramen noodle soup and fucking eggs and beans and, and, and fucking live in a, you know, whatever it takes. Like if you have to move into a, a, a room and rent a room to get your expenses down, because as soon as your expenses are down and your side business is, is enough to cover those expenses, if you can live off a 2k a month, bam, you're free. You're out of the rat race. Now you can devote an extra eight hours a day to that side business and you can really grow that sucker, but don't just quit your job and then just be like, okay, I'm just going to start a business. Those, those go into a Starbucks and you see a bunch of guys doing that, that just sit on their laptop and pretend to work all day. Cause they got a fucking gun <laughs> to their head and they ain't doing shit and they're not starting any fucking business because they got a gun to their head. You can't work under that pressure. You, you build it up to the point where you can get free, then get free, you know, and, and the whole time that's what your plan is. It's, it's not that I'm just going to do this thing yeah. on the side. That's, that's my advice. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Anthony, I gotta let you go because I gotta get to a couple super chats here. But just as you're um, leaving, you know, thanks for the question. I just wanted to mention as well, um, I was forced into that that success because yeah. I was given a package and I went home. And in 10 months, I did $298,000 because I was so focused. It was like black hole focus on what I was doing. Um, some guys could do that in less time. Some guys might take two or three years as a side hustle to do that, but just do it. You know, either way, just make sure you've got clarity on what you're doing and just do it. Um, got a couple super chats here. Let me get to these. I'll get to yours in a sec, Chris. So the first one here, solo entrepreneur advice, what life lessons aided you guys in your endeavors with tough times? What source of inspiration helps? Um, what life lessons aided you guys in your endeavors? You know what, man, there's, there's a great book. I think it's Tim S. Grover. It's called Relentless. Yes, that's a great book. Um, I put that in my Amazon store. If you haven't read that, read it because you have no idea what you're up against until you're up against it. And then even then, a lot of the times obstacles are put in the way to kind of test your, um, to basically see how bad it is that you want to get where it is that you're trying to go to. Because you'll either make an excuse and just give up, or you'll perhaps make the obstacle the way um, itself. Uh, Ryan Halliday wrote a book called The Obstacles Away. That's another good read. Yeah. So what advice would I give? Read those two books, just so you get some clarity around that. You want to add to that, John? I would say one of the big things that helped me because I probably would have quit was if I wasn't around a group of, of other entrepreneurs and guys. So good, good plug for joining like Richard's membership and, and getting in, especially in the business side, because honestly, like being around other guys, like just like you're going to have a day as an entrepreneur where you're going to be like, fuck, everything is fucked. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to get up anymore. And then it helps to see that other guys are going through that shit and that, that they help you through that. Uh, you know, you can't do it alone. You, you need support and, and getting a good support system is, is, is critical because there's going to be days where you just, you're done. Yeah. So. Community's big. Um, I got into entrepreneurs organization, but that's, that's a community where you need to be doing at least a million dollars a year in annual sales as the founder. And they have an EOA program, which is a entry level at, at $250,000 a year in sales. Um, I run a men's forum as well, which is on a similar principle, but, um, like the price point when I offer it to the new group that comes in the spring is going to be five grand for the year. 
Um, but it's a monthly meeting. Like you need to have a tribe to connect to because there's going to yep. be shit that you're going to be up against. It's that that may make you give up, and it might be a little little earlier than what you want to give up on. And there's got to be a solution out there that you can find. And if you can't find it, maybe your tribe can help you find it. So I think it's really important to have a, a like a group of guys that are there to support and bring you along that path to success. Forums are really really incredible. Have you ever been in an EO um, group, John? I haven't. I started my own entrepreneur like mastermind group that's been going on for like six years now. Yeah. And that's was my support group. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're really, really powerful. Like when you get them set up right and you have a yeah. proper structure and there's a proper presentation and the updates are structured in the right way. They're very powerful. Uh Chris, uh, hey Rich, lower income renting making twelve hundred dollars a month. How would you explore things you might like and build discipline to focus? to get out of the rut of being lost. Uh, lower income renting, making $1,200 a month. That's not a lot of money. Where do you yeah, live, Chris? Nice. Just uh, put it in the chat there, but that's that's uh, that's tough. 1200 bucks a month, how do you live off that? I mean, you gotta have very low expenses. You're probably not not banking much with that. Um, what are your thoughts on that, John? Shit, I got a couple of thoughts on that. One of them is what you need to be focusing on right now is investing in yourself to build up your, your skills to command a higher value right like one of the things uh, i did a video a while back where someone was like how do i invest a thousand dollars and i'm like on yourself not yeah. in any fucking stock market or real estate or anything like you need to grow your skills uh, if you if you want to be able you need to be able to make more money but there is a there's a good side to only making 1200 bucks a month and living off of that which is fuck your position to to start an online business like most people aren't because mm -hmm. all you got to do is make 1200 bucks in your online business and you're free mm -hmm. and you're you're now retired essentially like like you don't have to work for anyone else so i would i would really hustle salt my lake ass city. off salt lake city's worse okay out. yeah i'd hustle my ass off to build i mean honestly like if you hustle your ass for a year it's easy to make 1200 bucks a month online like to See, build a business that does that See, the problem is, is everybody gets cut, in, like caught in the vicious cycle of working for somebody else. And it's like, well, if I get that job, then it'll be X, X number of dollars an hour more. It'll be an extra $5 yeah. in a, like a day more or whatever. It's like you're nickeling diming yourself to nowhere. And you just got to get out of that rat race, man. You got to figure out how to get out of that rat. And it doesn't matter where you live. Like I got a guy that I was coaching last year. Um, he does jazz duets, um, online. He lives in South America. He's an expat from, I can't remember where it's either, uh, he's got, you know, he's got the queen's tongue. So he's, you know, he's a British guy basically, but, um, you know, lives in South America, has a very, very low cost of living. He puts out, uh, jazz music duets, which he sells online. He has a YouTube channel that went from like 3000 subs when I met him to well over a hundred thousand subs by the t time we had our last conversation. But, um, you can do this anywhere in the world, man. You can make yeah. money anywhere. It's like it's like practically permissionless now. We didn't have, I, I mean, I'm dating myself, but I didn't have any of this stuff when I was 25. I didn't have YouTube. Oh, yeah. I didn't have StreamYard. I didn't have the ability to broadcast. At the same time, I didn't know anything either, right? Because I didn't, yeah. wasn't able to click a button and join in and ask John and Rich a question sort of thing. So just get out there and start doing stuff. Look like... Success leaves clues. You know, if you can start anywhere, start with success leaves clues. I started with yep. reading books about greatness. You know, guys like Richard Branson, even Donald Trump, some people hate him, whatever. But reading books from, from successful entrepreneurs that have put a dent in the universe and done something significant that are willing to share that story in their own biography, that's, that's at least somewhere where you can start. So you can see, okay, everybody had a starting point some, you know, somewhere, whether they inherited 
a couple million dollars from their father or they started out with nothing with a student magazine, right? Yeah. Um, there's any number of ways that you can do it. You just start doing it. How do you, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You just get started. You start moving, right? You just like, how do I lose the weight? I don't know. Move more, eat better, like start somewhere. Right. Like, do you need me to hold your hand and, and like do everything for you? Like you just have to start, start with books though. Like, like the wisdom of the yes. world is in books like 100%. that, like that Amazon storefront. There's lots of good content in there. Any one of you guys would get a ton of value out of that. So I hope that helps unless you and want to add more to that. John. I'll say this about the books though, is because every single entrepreneur I ever talked to that's successful, like yourself, every books. Yes. And, and we always Our can podcast. share books. We're like, we read all the same books, right? It's like, you know what I mean? I read personally 50 to 60 books a year. I know a lot of entrepreneurs read at least, at least, you know, 20 to 30 books a year, if not even more than me. And man, do you, like, do you, yeah. do you read, read, or do you audible? Like you listen to them while you run? I do a combination. So I have at any given time when I'm running, I have audible going at three, uh, three X speed. So I'm flying through books Holy there. Holy shit. 3X? I, yeah. I re <laughs> remember, I run a lot of hours. So I've had a lot of time to train myself up a little bit by, at a time, but I can I can listen pretty uh, you know pretty good at 3X now. Wow, okay. And also I'm just focusing Impressive. on running. So, uh, and, then, and then I've got like, you know, I've got a book here on my desk at, during my Pomodoro breaks. This is great by choice, which okay. I'm reading now. And then I usually have one on my Kindle for whenever I'm killing time. I'm on an airplane. I'm sitting in the toilet, whatever. I'm put, I've got on my phone on the Kindle app. So yeah, awesome. Um, I usually only do these for ninety. We went slightly over, but um, yeah, I think we can wrap it up on that note. I think that was a uh, that was a good hangout session, man. That was that was a lot of fun. We should do this again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so thanks to everybody that did the super chats and uh, chimed in. I know a few of you guys uh, clicked in to ask a question, but didn't get an opportunity. Um, planning on doing these every two weeks. The next live broadcast that I have is uh, June 6th and Sean Smith and Robert Glover will be on for that. It's a play, it's a before the train wreck. Um, if you're on the channel, guys, make sure you hit the notification bell. YouTube doesn't always notify you of, of broadcasts or when they go live. So make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell so you can get the uh, first notification and um, keep an eye out for some videos I got coming out. I'm starting to record the, um, the red flag chapter in video clips. I'm not going to put them all in video clips just because some of them are not that friendly to YouTube. So I'll just leave them in the chapter. You guys can read them on that piece of paper of the book when it comes out. But I'm going to do some video clips kind of distilling some of those ideas. It'll be useful. Um, where can people find you, John? And what are you up to? Yeah, so best thing to do is just to go to bulldogmindset.com. And of course, like I always say, take the quiz. There'll be a little pop-up that'll show up and see what your Bulldog score is. And from there, I will get in contact with you. In fact, it, I'll probably send you a personal video message. And uh, and yeah, from, from there, you, you know, I'll... I'll send you information about all my other stuff, but uh, yeah. And that's, that's what I'm up to. That's what I'm focusing on. And uh, yeah. All right. Thanks. We'll see you guys in the next broadcast. Um, I, I screwed up. Conk pointed out. It's, it's not uh, June 6th. It's January 6th. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Um, there's a rule zero on Saturday, by the way, year end wrap up for the rule zero gang. So check us out. I think Rolo's hosting that. So we'll see you guys then.